Welcome to today's episode on Life in the Front Office. I'm your host, Jake Hirschman, and this is our final episode of the uh, series with the University of South Florida's Vinick Sport and Entertainment Management Program presenting the uh, Building the Next Generation series. And I'm really excited to talk to Felicia Douglas today uh, with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. Uh, she's the inside sales manager and uh, Felicia's got some really interesting perspectives on kind of the transitions going from, you know, whether it's undergrad or graduate school into that first job and the transition that you're going to make. And then also, you know, it's not just your first job and getting your foot in the door. It's also staying in the industry and, and getting the next job and the next one. So we're going to dive into the transitions piece, uh, some do's and don'ts, some fun conversation. And nonetheless, Felicia, welcome to the podcast. Appreciate you having me, though, honestly. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's exciting. You know, you work with young individuals all day, every day that are, you know, hungry and ready to learn, ready to work. Um, you know, most of which are probably fresh out of uh, undergraduate and grad school. Is that is that pretty fair to say? Yeah, most of them. So it's nice. I, I kind of like to keep it different. Um, we do have a lot of undergrads, but I'm so open to masters if you have an, a, a grad school degree as well that's that's nice when you think about the transition and, and provide us kind of a quick gps on your career path and how you got to where you are right um when you think about the the transitions that you were you had to make throughout your career thus far um what are some of the things that you've learned uh, about the transition phase yeah so just to give you a quick background um I started off at FAU in undergrad, and then I went to USF for grad school, right? And in grad school, under our program, um, there's different, different opportunities that you can take as assistantships. Um, you can kind of be an intern with different teams. And Dr. Sutton, who was um, heading the program at the time, was kind of mentoring me, Michelle Harrell as well. Um, and one of the things that I told them was that I never, ever, ever want to be in sales. Like that was like my, ne I never want to do it. I thought that I could do anything else but sales. Um, and so for basically most of the program, um, I was concentrated on everything else, operations, analytics, everything else literally that I can think of just to avoid sales. And the very last class that we have, I think it's in the last semester, there's a sales course in there. And when I took it, I realized that I guess it took it being forced down my throat to actually do sales. I realized this is actually something that I'm probably really good at. And um, Dr. Sutton connected me with some people over the, the Buccaneers and I did a shadowing um, and I realized, oh my gosh, like if I would have been more open to the idea of sales a year and a half, two years ago, I could have possibly been like, instead of coming in as an inside sales rep, maybe an account executive, because they had those opportunities to start inside sales in grad school at the time that I was there. So for me, you asked that question, what does it take? I think it's just being open and not shutting yourself off to one track. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. Because at the end of the day, you don't really know what you want to do. You don't really know what opportunities there are out there until you take them and had I realized that a little bit sooner I think I, I ended up okay um, it would have 
maybe made me a little bit further along in the inside sales program than starting from the very beginning with the dolphins eventually. So just having an open mind. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You you mentioned something that I that I kind of come back to even sometimes myself, right? It's there's things that you're really good at. Yeah. Things that you're passionate about. And they're two totally different things. And sometimes you have it takes a while, but you have to realize what you're truly good at. And sometimes what you're truly good at can actually develop into a passion because you are good at it. I know. Isn't that interesting, right? Like who would have thought I would be a manager in sales? Like I hated sales. I was afraid of sales. When I tell you that, Jake, like I was just like, there is no way I'm going door to door. I thought it was a door to door thing. I thought that, you know, it was that person that's taking tickets at the front office and like crunching numbers and then knocking on people's doors and trying to sell them. And that's not what it is at all. It's actually the foundation of sports. And this whole time, you know, I was avoiding that. And now I have such a deep passion for the sales process. I talk to my reps about it all the time. It's like, you know, I never would have thought I would have had a passion for sales. Um, I feel like I have more of a passion for sales than sports now, which is just a little crazy to think about. Yeah, it's it, when you when you look at the process of sales, you know, not only does it relate to so many different pieces of just business as a whole, but then you look across your organization as itself, right? You've got sponsorships, you've got premium, you've got tickets, you've got mm-hmm. concessions. There's so many areas in which sales it touches. Now, processes are different, right? But if you learn about one process, you can then adapt to others. What is something that from a transition perspective maybe you learned in your sales class, but you had to get hit in the face with when you, once you step foot into the industry going, okay, I don't know everything. What's this all about? Um, I think it was not necessary that I learned it in class. It was more like, because I thought, because I decided to take the, the, the leap into doing sales, I realized that I wasn't as tough as I thought I was because in sales, there's a lot of rejection. And I was always told that that was the case. And that's probably maybe one of the reasons why I didn't want to do it because I didn't want people to curse me out and like the door to get slammed in my face and people to hang up the the phone on me all the time. Um, That was a little bit of a transition for me, you know, because it's, it's a little bit of an ego shake when you get people telling you no every every two seconds, you know, but I realized that it's actually built me to be a lot more professional and a lot more eloquent and saying things and, you know, really being detail oriented and making a pitch. Um, it, it's almost molded me because I've gotten so many rejections on the phone. When you think about the rejection piece and ultimately the process, right? one might think, well, the process only pertains to selling tickets. But if you take that process and what you learn through the process, you can actually apply it to the job search itself. Oh, a hundred percent. Oh my gosh. If, and this is so, you know, and and anybody else who's going to end up watching this, if there was ever a, a candidate that used the sales touch point process on me as a manager, they're probably going to get hired because to, to go through, emailing me, emailing me, phone calls, emails, follow-up notes, right? That's a whole process of follow-up. And if they do that, and I see they have that skill, um, to me, they're already ahead of the game. When you think about getting ahead of the game, though, right? It's, it's, 
sometimes when you get that first job, you're, you think you've, you've got it all figured out. You're like, all right, I'm ready to go. You're psyched. Right. And, and then most of the time your world gets turned upside down. You get exposed to a lot of things you never thought you would, yeah. um, you know, skills that you never thought you had, etc. Mm-hmm. When you think about preparing for that transition, mm-hmm. right. And a lot of, a lot of, uh, students just don't know what they don't know, right? It's not that they can't do something or aren't uh, skilled enough to do it. It's just they don't know. So what are so, what are maybe two or three tips that you have um, other than, you know, you mentioned earlier kind of being open-minded, uh, but maybe more for me like a skill set perspective or tactical perspective in terms of preparing for that transition from school to that first job? Yeah, along with being open-minded, I think it's just really having a learning mentality and uh, if you come in to this workspace and think that you know it all you're probably starting from behind because there's no way you know it all right but if you come in with a mentality of listen i don't know it all but i want to learn and you're positive about it right and you're just you're i guess this goes to openness but it really does if, if i have a positive person who's willing to learn and who's going to put in the hard work to learn it that to me is so much stronger of a candidate than somebody who thinks they know sales because they did this sales thing once upon a time, right? You kind of just got to throw that out of the window and let yourself, you know, experience what it's like to get rejected and experience what it's like to not know something. That's, that's the piece of it. Yeah. Well, when you, when you think about the inside sales rep positions, right, they are typically term long positions you kind of know you're, you're there to some extent for a finite amount of time and then the idea is that you get trained up you get enough experience and you get to the next thing how do you get to the next thing what are what are you constantly teaching your reps in terms of how to not only take their experience and their skill sets but apply it to the job search for that second job which it's one thing to get your foot in the door you got to stay in the door yeah um okay i guess just backing up they have to understand why they're here in the first place if they feel like they're gonna and and as an inside sales rep if you think that you're gonna be a great seller as an inside sales rep because you love sports and you can tell me all the stats of when patrick ewan was playing for i'm I'm not even good at that i'm not a stats person myself it's not gonna work right um you have to understand why you're doing this. Is it because you want a career in sports and to learn? Is it because you want to mentor people? That's, that's my why, right? Is I love to mentor people and see them grow and you know, really further their career. And I try to stay in contact with a lot of sales reps who have left, right? Because I wanna see them be successful. And to me, that's empowering to me and that helps me feel good as a person. What is your why, right? Why are you doing this? I find that the reps who typically understand what their why is and they continually, uh, continuously um, remind themselves of that throughout the entire process, they're the ones who typically make it to the end. And the thing is throughout that process, again, you ask what's one of the other things is having a process, right? You can't just come in here and try to, you know, just make calls and say whatever you want. You gotta have a process down but throughout that process is going to be really, really difficult. So your expectations also have to be understood that it will be hard, but you cannot lose your why while going through your process. 
You've got to remain focused. The why is such a such a crucial part, and I it's funny you you and you know now that you have LinkedIn uh, to this full extent that we all use it for, and you're able to kind of see where people have been, and you can kind of see their winding path, and you're like, man. And for someone who's right, been in the industry for a while, you're able to go, okay, they started here, they started here, why'd they go there? Why they? And a lot of the times you go back and it might be an executive somewhere or a chief revenue officer. And that very first position, if they've listed everything is an inside sales rep. Yeah. And you're like, man, how did they get from inside sales rep to where they are now? But it provides the foundation. And so to your point uh, at the very beginning of this episode was you hated sales and then eventually you got into sales. Sales doesn't have to be the end all be all. You can get the experience at the beginning to get your foot in the door, you know, meet other people, you know, ha have a network within the industry and then figure out what else you want to do. To your point, you don't know, necessarily always have to know right away what you want to do. No, you don't. And, you know, getting your foot in the door is another thing, too. People like to say that. I wouldn't overplay it, right? You don't, you don't want to say, oh, I'm going to get my foot in the door, do sales, have a really bad attitude, and not do well. Like, you're not going to get anywhere. Like, again, it's got to be a genuine wanting to further your career and really put in 110% effort um, into whatever, whatever role you take on right? It can't just be like, I'm in now, let me try to like do all this random stuff, right? It's got to really be focused and you have to have a plan, right? Um, and then it'll actually work out for you well. You mentioned process and I, I want to hit on like, if you don't have sales experience and you're thinking about the job search process mm. and you don't, again, you don't have any sales experience. Yeah. How do you go about it? What's, what are the couple tips if you've never been really exposed to that sales side of things and maybe you've only had a marketing internship or a social yeah, media internship, yeah. you know? I'm trying to, it's been so long since I've been on that hunt and I'm trying to think, that is such a great question. It's like, if you haven't had sales experience, how do you know? But I think that you have to also do your research and homework because no matter what, in any job that you're looking for, you should have your homework done on that job. You should know who's overseeing that role. You should try your best to get in contact with people who are overseeing that role or in that current role and ask them, you know, be proactive about what jobs you're looking for. A lot of times, and you know, I typically, now that I'm thinking about it, I typically hire reps who have been proactive, who, an account executive would say, hey, by the way, there's this guy who's been messaging me on LinkedIn and we talked and he's actually pretty cool. You should talk to him. He asked me about the job. He asked me what my role is. And this could be a really good thing for you as, a per as anybody who's looking for a job is find those people that shows that you take initiative, that shows that you really want the job. And the last thing that a recruiter, because I also recruit, you know, the last thing that we want to hear is when we ask the person, what do you think this job entails? And they're just like, I don't know. I, I assume it's this and that, right? We want to know that you actually did your research and you know exactly what this role is that you're, you're interested in. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, when you talk to people in sponsorship or fundraising, right? Like if you don't know the steps, if you don't know the terms of fact finds, right? Or cultivation or solicitation or stewardship or you know, like you're, you're not even in the ballpark, 
right? And um, one would ask, how, how would I know that? It's not on Google, right? Which it isn't necessarily no, it's not. to some extent. You wouldn't know how to find that on Google. But to your point, if you do the research, you talk to the right people, you can find out those things just by simply taking notes on a call and asking curious 100%. questions. Um, you know, I always go back to, like, there's always, there's always another person behind you, right? That wants your, that wants your job. Mm -hmm. And when you think about the search, you know, you get that first job. Okay. You've got that many more people that are not only trying to get the one that you, that you're in, mm -hmm. but that many more people that the one you're, you're trying to get too. Right. So there's almost double the competition as you continue to move because there's more and more people that want it. Especially in the sports industry, Jake, I get like for one role in inside sales, I'll probably get a thousand plus resumes. Wow. Plus probably more just for one role to be an inside sales. And there's no way I, although I, I try my very best. I can't go through every single one of them. It's tough. I try my best to, and I think I do a pretty good job at getting through, you know, three fourths of them, but there will be some that slip through the cracks. But for those who take the initiative to reach out to me, take the initiative to reach out to people within the organization with the hopes of it getting back to me, I typically do call them. Provide us a, a picture of kind of the, what an inside sales culture looks like, because to that point, right, you, you've got one role, but there's a group of people that are, are doing the same role and, and they kind of come in at different times and they all have different backgrounds and experiences and, and goals. Mm -hmm. But when you think about ultimately what uh, they bring to the table or how they get there, uh, it's different for each one. And if you have that step or if you have that, that uh, advantage of already knowing the person such as yourself, right. Or a connection within the organization, it helps that much more once you get in and you make that transition than just not. And it helps so much more because it tells me, and this sounds so crazy. I guess you don't learn this in college, but it tells me that you have initiative as a person. It tells me that you really want to be here, right? It tells me that it wasn't just, you just put the, your application out there and you just waited for something to fall in your lap. The, and I'm biased. I know I'm biased, but I think inside sales is probably the most rewarding, um, but most, the hardest part of working in sports, right? Because you learn so much about yourself right? It creates such a strong foundation for you in sales because of the process that it teaches that I, I truly believe if you can finish an inside sales program, you could probably go anywhere and work in any sales job um, and be very successful and probably out past your peers because selling tickets to sport, sporting events isn't an easy role. It's not a necessity. It's not a, you know, no one needs suites no one needs courtside seats right but if you can sell that especially during a pandemic my reps are still selling which is crazy to me they're probably some of the best sales reps out there um to be able to sell sports right now yeah when you think about you, you talked about being a successful rep right and it, it sometimes it's often looked at through the lens of like well if i just do well in my job 
I'll get the promotion or someone will find me right to similar of, let me just throw my resume out there and it'll fall in my lap. Yeah. You, you obviously have to do a really good job at the job that you have, but your point earlier, you made, you know, you have to be proactive and kind of understand how to network while doing a good job at your job and make sure that you are known in a sense of, you know, the success that you have as opposed to thinking that people are going to find you. Oh yeah. I mean, shoot, I was a really good athlete in high school. Doesn't mean anybody found me. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no college athlete status for you. Man, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bitter. It's okay. Um, I wasn't proactive enough. That's all on me. People send their tapes, right? You send your college tapes, you send your scouting tapes. I didn't send enough tapes. I didn't get seen. That's it. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be lying if I said I played a ton in high school. I went to a really competitive high school where I actually pitched seven innings in two total years on varsity. We won two state championships and that was great, but I didn't get the playing time to be able to be scouted just like my teammates. What did I do? I sent out tapes and I ended up going to division three school to play. There we go. There was no way that I was going to go play in college if I didn't take that initiative. Right. No one, no one's going, who's that guy on the bench over there? He looks pretty, pretty good. (laughs) And and they don't know what kind of effort, hard work you're putting into. It's like, you know, it's so crazy. People are like, yeah, I work so hard. Even my reps now I'm, I'm hard on them. They're like, yeah, I'm working so hard. Like, I'm doing all this stuff. I don't know that. I just see your results. How, how am I supposed to know what you're doing at home if you're practicing your, your roadmaps, if you're practicing your pitch? I don't know. Same thing for you. No one's looking at you and being like, hey, you over there on the bench, how much hard work are you putting in? Absolutely not. you got to be proactive to show that. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I mean, when you think about, and it's not just sales, right? Like, it's with anything. Yeah. But- when you think about the transition process as a whole and just the job search process as a whole, um, you know, you talk to executives and they'll go, man, back when I did this, I sent 200 letters. And now it's the same in the sense of emails, phone calls, handwritten, letter, handwritten letters still. Right. Um, but it's the effort to that point. Right. That's that they put in. They were willing to go that extra mile to um, to go and get something. What are your top do's and don'ts in terms of you get the job, and ultimately you walk in the first day, first week. You're enamored by the logo, the building, the whatever, right? And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I got to get to work. What are some of the do's and don'ts? Yeah, I definitely can go with that. I do want to add one point, though, before we get to that. You mentioned handwritten letters. Because of the technology that we have these days, it's made it so, it's it's made us more lazy. And and I'm just being honest, you know, it's made us more lazy in our outreach because we have so much technology and we don't feel like we have to go, you know, far. I mean, anybody can find me on LinkedIn, shoot me a quick text message or quick message, and that's it. But I guarantee you, the person who writes me a handwritten note, I will look at that because that is so different, right? And that's real effort. Absolutely. So, I will, if, if Robert is listening, uh, I have to give away this idea because it is just fantastic and Felicia will certainly appreciate it. But he sent me one day a text, but it was a picture 
Okay. And it was a chalkboard with a handwritten note from his iPad with like his signature in the bottom right hand corner. I was like, this is amazing. I called the guy five minutes later. I'm like, dude, this is, I mean. You see? Creativity. Creativity, stand out. Now, don't steal his idea, but yeah. again, you know, it's, it's something, it's doing something different, right? Yeah. And, and ultimately, you can, just because there is technology at, the, at our fingertips doesn't mean you can't, you know, do something different. I'll, I'll give one more shout out to, to Luke Mohammed, who was our, our very first guest on this series. And Luke, I got in the mail the other day, a President's Day card from him. Oh man, I love, I look forward to those every year. If I don't get one, oh, I'm, it destroys I, my whole day. You know, after the podcast, he texted me a, a day or two later. He said, what's your address? And I'm thinking, man, what is he going to send me? And I get this President's Day card in the mail. And I'm like, this is awesome. You know, and, and it's that's something what, that separates him. Yeah, that makes, like... He does I don't think he realizes, he truly realizes how much people look forward to those every year. I still have all of them. I still have all of them from the years. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's just the little things, you know, shooting me a LinkedIn message saying, hey, can I, you know, have five minutes for you to, what do people say? They say, hey, um, wanted to pick your brain for five minutes. That's really stressful, right? Because I do, I want to help you, yes. But like, that's, everybody's sending me that, right? So do something unique, anyway. Um, as, so we, as we wrap up the episode, you know, we talked about kind of the do's and don'ts, right? Yeah, the do's and don'ts, yeah. So do's and don'ts, um, so do, come in with a positive attitude all the time. We don't want negative, negative vampires, energy vampires, none of that bad. Um, do, or don't, yeah, don't come in with a negative attitude. Um, don't come in thinking that you know everything. Um, don't come in, um, not dressed professionally, right? Come in dressed professionally. Um, come in with an open mind. So do come in with an open mind. Um, don't, I'm trying to go back and forth. Don't, um, don't put other people down, right? Um, just because you had a great sale one day doesn't necessarily mean you'll have a great sale tomorrow. But if you put your teammates down, they're never going to be happy for you. So always, so do lift people up, be positive, be encouraging. Don't try to cut corners. That's also a process, a process thing, right? Follow the process. There's rules set in place. If you think that you can cut corners and do certain things in a sketchy way, that's what we call not having integrity, right? So don't do that. Um, I guess just operate, you know, with a high, high morals and, and try to do things the right way. And I guess the last do is have goals, have a goal for, for what you want out of this, right? Because without a goal, you can't really succeed, right? You don't know where you're going. So definitely do have a goal. Uh, that's fantastic. Uh, last question for you as we wrap up this episode, wrap up this series. When you think back to your educational experience and, you know, now, now that you're um, managing, you know, a lot of young individuals that are coming from the educational experience, what is one thing that they can take advantage of during the education process and, and college world, whether it's undergrad or grad school, that will better help prepare them when they get to a position like ones that you oversee? 
So, okay, so my position, I'll, I'll try to be broad. My position specifically, if you are interested in ticket sales, go to your local college, university, wherever you're at and ask them for the athletics if you can help shadow or help sell tickets because that's gonna give you a little bit of a foundation of what they're doing. Sometimes that's in the, um, the foundations department so or fundraising department right they'll have like you call alumni and you got kind of get used to cold calling because that's something that we do often so that's a great place to start um in general if you want to start off in marketing or partnerships or wherever it may be try to find an internship that's similar to what you're trying to look for and start early as soon as you start sophomore year you should really be trying to find some kind of internships all you need is one right a lot of times people will try to do it in the very last their senior year of finding these internships. And it's like really difficult to find because again, you have thousands of resumes, thousands of students looking for internships and there's only so many teams out there. So um, definitely, you know, to get prepared for that, whether it's a, a minor league team, try to see if there's internships there or, you know, um, a sports and recreation department, see if there's something there. Um, but try your best to find what it is you're trying to get into and find a similar role that you can intern um, in before graduation. No, that's fantastic. Well, Felicia, I really appreciate the thoughts and advice and, and obviously the enthusiasm behind sales and uh, talking about the transitions and the job search. Uh, appreciate the time and, and uh, that wraps up our series with uh, University of South Florida and the Vinick Sport and Entertainment Management Program, Building the Next Generation.